Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, we'll talk about the word clue and the surprising finding that it used to be spelled differently. We'll talk about the difference between the words systemic and systematic, and we'll end with a family dialect story. This first segment is by the writer and humor columnist Eric Deckers. So when I say I, that's actually him. I've been doing a lot of reading lately, as you can imagine, and decided I would start reading one of my favorite detective series from the very start, The Incomparable Ellery Queen. Ellery Queen was the author as well as the main character of more than 30 mystery novels. Set in New York City in the late 1920s and 1930s, Ellery helps his police inspector father, Richard Queen, solve difficult and complex murders. I've been reading Ellery Queen since my own father introduced me when I was 10 years old, although I haven't read them all, and I've certainly never read them all in order. So I started with the first novel, The Roman Hat Mystery, which was published in 1929. Ellery Queen was actually a pseudonym created by Frederick Denae and Manfred B. Lee, two cousins who created the amateur detective. And being writers in the 1920s and 30s, they used a lot of terms and spellings that we might not be familiar with today. For example, nearly everyone smokes in a Queen novel, and in the first several novels, the term cigarette is spelled C-I-G-A-R-E-T, not C-I-G-A-R-E-T-T-E, like we spell it today. Ellery's father, Richard, preferred his tobacco in the form of a snuff, made from finely ground and dried tobacco leaves, which are inhaled through the nose. While fewer people smoke or use snuff these days, it's interesting to see how they enjoyed their vices 90 and more years ago. But let me give you a clue as to what really caught my eye in these stories. The spelling of the word clue. Normally, when we talk about those small hints that help guide a detective toward solving a case, we spell it C-L-U-E. But for the first several novels, with just one or two exceptions, the authors Danae and Lee spelled the word C-L-E-W. I had never seen this particular spelling of the word, having only been familiar with C-L-U-E in the past. And now, every time I see it, I pronounce it in my head like another famous detective, Inspector Clouseau, played by Peter Sellers. Clue. (laughs) Inspired by my favorite amateur detective, I began to do a little investigating of my own to see if I could find any, oh, what do you call it, indications or hints about this linguistic mystery. 
According to Merriam-Webster, the C-L-E-W spelling has been around since before the 12th century and originally meant a ball of thread. That word came to us from the Old English word cluin before becoming C-L-E-W-E in Middle English. And Grammarphobia.com says the word cluin was used as early as the year 897. All this came from the Germanic word kluin, which also meant ball of thread. C-L-E-W-E was even used by the English poet Geoffrey Chaucer in the 14th century in his poem, The Legend of Ariadne, which was part of his longer work, The Legend of Good Women. According to Greek legend, the Minotaur was a half-man, half-bull creature locked away inside a complex maze called the Labyrinth on the island of Crete, which was ruled by King Minos. Minos would feed the Minotaur by sending young men and women into the Labyrinth, where they would never be heard from again. One day, the hero, Theseus, traveled to Crete to stop these human sacrifices. Theseus boasted to King Minos that he was there to slay the Minotaur, but Minos believed that even if Theseus succeeded, he would not be able to find his way back out. But Minos's daughter, Princess Ariadne, had fallen in love with the hero. She gave Theseus a ball of thread and told him to unravel it as he made his way through the labyrinth so he could find his way out once he had killed the monster. Chaucer told it this way in a modern English translation. And because the dwelling place winds much in and out, and has such intricate paths, for it is shaped like a maze, and for this I have in my mind a remedy, that by means of a ball of twine he may directly return the way he went, following the thread continually. So in Chaucer's day, a clue, C-L-E-W-E, was a ball of twine or yarn used for sewing. But, says Merriam-Webster, Chaucer's poem soon gave rise to other stories that used the word clue, C-L-E-W, as a metaphor for anything that could guide a person through a difficult place. Grammarphobia.com says that the first use of clue in that sense was in a poem by Michael Drayton in 1605. Somewhere in the 1600s, the spelling of clue changed and became standardized to what we use today, C-L-U-E. According to the Online Etymology Dictionary, the modern spelling was first seen in the mid-15th century, but in the 1620s it began to take on the meaning of that which points the way. The word became even more informal around 1948, becoming something which a bewildered person does not have, as in Aardvark secretly ate all the chocolate and Squiggly didn't have a clue as to who took it. Over the centuries, the metaphorical sense of the word has become the preferred spelling to the literal sense, and the U-E spelling outperformed the E-W spelling. Even so, the word C-L-E-W is still occasionally used to refer to a ball or skein of yarn, especially in Scotland and Northern England, and it's used in sailing circles to refer to the lower corner of a sail or the cords used to suspend a hammock. Nowadays, not only do detectives follow clues to unravel the mystery, but now you also have a clue as to the word's origin. And I got to unravel a clue to get to the bottom of this little mystery. Eric Deckers is a professional writer and the co-author of four social media books, including Branding Yourself, where he included me as one of his case studies. 
He recently published his first humor novel, Mackinac Island Nation, and celebrated his 25-year anniversary as a newspaper humor columnist. He was also the spring 2016 writer-in-residence at the Jack Kerouac House in Orlando, Florida. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar? That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. This week, my editor noticed that a page on our site about the words systemic and systematic are getting a lot of unusual traffic, and the topic has actually never appeared in the podcast. So since it seems like everyone is interested right now, here's the story. Both words come from the same root word, system, which we get from an ancient Greek word that described an organized whole that's made up of multiple parts, and it could apply to many things. For example, the Oxford English Dictionary gives examples that include a group of men, but also a group of connected verses. Systematic is the much older of the two words and the more common word. It arose in English in the 1670s, and it describes something that's thorough and intentional, methodical, or implemented according to a plan. Doctors began a systematic treatment plan. Ending systematic discrimination is a worthy goal. Systemic entered English much later, in the early 1800s, and it seems as if it was first coined by doctors to describe something that happens or exists throughout a whole biological system, like the whole nervous system or even a patient's whole body. 
For example, he has a systemic infection. Systemic also has a special meaning in the plant world, where it can describe a type of pesticide that's safe for the plant itself, but makes the entire plant poisonous to pests. These so-called systemic pesticides are water-soluble, so they're usually applied to the soil and are then taken up by all the parts of the plant as it sucks up the water. And finally, systemic has taken on a broader meaning outside of medicine and biology to describe something that exists in multiple parts of an entire system, like a government or a business sector. For example, Barron's reported in April that the Fed had averted a systemic financial crisis, and Reuters reported a few weeks ago that multiple people working in the Italian healthcare system had been arrested because, quote, systemic corruption has allowed very large illicit profits, unquote. There can be some overlap. A problem can be both systemic and systematic. But if you want to say something is methodical, organized, and intentional, call it systematic. And if you want to say something is widespread and affects many parts of something, call it systemic. Finally today, I have a familect story from Rhonda. Hi, Mignon. This is Rhonda. I have three words to share with you from our familect. When our 22-year-old son was little, he called mushrooms, which he did not like, mutt-nose, He called oranges, which he did like, O-nos. In our family, we still refer to those foods as mutt-nos and O-nos. And lastly, he would also use the word who-buddy, like the words somebody or anybody when he had a question. Who-buddy did that, Mommy? Anyway, love your show. Bye. Thanks, Rhonda. I especially liked Who Buddy. You can absolutely see how a kid would think that makes sense. And I even went so far as to look it up to see if it might have been a real word that fell out of use, but it's not. It never existed except in your little son's mind. Thanks again. If you want to call and leave a voicemail with the story of a word your family and only your family uses, the number is 833214GIRL. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find all the Grammar Girl articles at the home of my network, quickanddirtytips.com. And if you're looking to work some micro-learning into your day, check out my Better Writing course on LinkedIn Learning. It's made up of 17 short videos that you can watch one at a time while you're drinking your morning coffee. Thanks to Longshot954 for the nice review on Podchaser, and thanks to my editor Karen Hertzberg and my producer Nathan Sams. That's all. Thanks for listening. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll, to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.